0: Hello everyone. Bright Headed Publishing presents Patio Book Book Club. Our goal is to bring you published and unpublished works from new or established authors, writers, and poets who are interested in sharing their work. We will read each book in its entirety weekly until it's finished, covering about one to three chapters per podcast. We really appreciate you spending the next hour with us. We are excited to present our debut offering. You sound white by Kelly Morgan. You sound white is Kelly's first novel, and we are excited to share it with you. You may purchase the book um, on Amazon. It's an ebook and print. It's also available on Barnes and Noble's and other online ebook retailers. Kelly just released her second offering, which is Wait for It. This is a novella, and it's also available in ebook and print on Amazon. With no further ado, we are excited to bring you Chapter One of You Sound White by Kelly Morgan. Narration by Kelly Morgan. Voices by Marcel Reeves. Chapter One The sun beamed into the small kitchen window of Tallulah's second-floor apartment, the open window allowed the morning breeze to flow in. The apartment was small, but she liked to use the term cozy whenever her parents mentioned its size. The two-story grayish building was an old warehouse that had been converted into four apartments about 15 years ago. The windows faced east, so there was always plenty of sunlight Tallulah had found the apartment soon after she graduated college. The rent was cheap, and the neighborhood, though not the nicest in the city, was pretty safe. Tulula was a pretty girl. When she was in college, she was often referred to as thick. Her skin was the color of brown sugar, and her brown eyes and thick lips accented her high cheekbones. She'd started growing dreadlocks when she turned 15. One night while watching TV, she saw a woman with beautiful long dreadlocks and decided right then and there she wanted the same for herself. Her mother thought she was crazy, but her grandmother liked the idea and helped her figure out how to grow and maintain her locks. Once she transformed her hair into locks, there was no turning back. Tallulah was of slightly above height, standing about five seven. She was happy she was tall because it evened out her thick thighs and long torso. Her butt was round and full and poked out when she walked. When she was younger, she tried to cover it up or hide it, sometimes tying a sweater or hoodie around her waist to conceal it. Her mother always told her she was pretty, but it's hard to think you're pretty when everything around you says skinny, blonde, Blue eyes and milky white skin is pretty. Some of the white girls at her high school would make fun of her and call her big lips or bubble butt. It wasn't until she got to college that she realized men liked women with big, round asses, thick lips, and soft but firm thighs. When Tallulah first moved into her apartment, the walls were white. The landlord gave her permission to paint them a soft earth-toned blue, which was perfect because that was the only paint on sale. She purchased all of her furniture secondhand and found her small kitchen set at a flea market. Chloe, one of her best friends, had mentioned her grandmother had the exact same set in her house. The two chairs were metal, painted yellow. The table was also metal and covered in big yellow painted flowers. Tallulah had managed to find some old pictures at a thrift store. Because her funds were limited, she went with the ocean beach setting and found another picture of a little black girl running through a field. Chloe had donated the small sofa for her living room. It was just the right size for the space. Meanwhile, her downstairs neighbor, Mrs. Herrera, Gave her a small coffee table. The only thing that Tallulah moved in with was her bedroom set, a graduation present from her parents. Her queen size bed barely fit in the bedroom, but it did allow enough room for a smaller dresser. The bathroom was equally small, with only enough room for a shower, sink, toilet, and a small wall cabinet. Tallulah sat in her living room typing on her laptop. Scattered around her were samples of her past and recent articles, poems, and unfinished short stories. She stopped typing long enough to glance at a piece of paper that read, Notice of Rent Increase. She frowned as she stared at the notice. The news of the increase had thrust her into panic mode, and she immediately started looking for additional work. She'd been applying for several different writing positions all morning, sending writing samples to editors of magazines and newspapers, as well as blogs and various online publications. Tallulah reached for the coffee cup sitting on the small coffee table directly in front of her, took a long sip, then set the ceramic cup back down on the table. Just as she placed it down, her email notification chimed. It was a reply to a job she'd applied to. She felt a slight quiver in her stomach as she guided her cursor and clicked on the email, and then suddenly frowned. Fuck! She said out loud, then stood up and set the laptop down.
1: If I get one more rejection, I'm going to kill myself,
0: she yelled. Her voice echoed throughout the apartment as she let out a huff and said projection is not cool she began to pace around the apartment stopping in front of two pictures sitting on the kitchen window sill the first one was in a silver metal frame the second in a brown wooden frame she picked up the picture in the metal frame looked at it and smiled It was of her and her girls, Chloe and Zoe. They were smiling, holding up their diplomas, having just graduated college. She set it down and picked up the second one. In it was Michael, her best friend from high school, and her parents. Tallulah stood in the middle of the trio, smiling widely. She and Michael had just graduated high school and were holding up their diplomas. She set the second picture back in its place and sighed. Everyone in her life was doing what they set out to do. Zoe and Chloe had their careers on an upward trajectory, and Michael had started his own paper. She stared at both pictures a moment longer, then said,
1: Y'all are doing great. Me, not so much.
0: Tallulah's circle of friends was small. She preferred it that way. She hadn't many friends growing up. She had always felt she was different and really never fit in anywhere or with anyone. She'd grown up in a mostly white neighborhood, so she was constantly singled out by the other kids because she looked different. She'd learned over time how to navigate through various situations, but most of the kids didn't let her forget she was different, looked different. It wasn't until college that she began to feel comfortable in her own skin. Chloe and Zoe had been her girls since the first day of college. The three of them were freshman roommates and clicked right away. As Tallulah looked at the pictures, her mind wandered to the first day she met them. Her parents had driven her to school, and she begged them not to come up to see her room. She didn't want anyone to think she needed her mommy and daddy to walk her to her dorm room. They reluctantly agreed, then kissed and hugged them. She picked up a large box, and they watched her as she lugged it up the stairs and out of sight. Tallulah carried the box into her dorm room, number 10. She spotted Zoe sitting cross-legged on a blue yoga mat. Her eyes were closed, and she was softly chanting. Tallulah was afraid to speak. She didn't know what to make of the strange girl chanting, so she scanned the room, spotted an empty bed, and walked over to it and quietly set down the box. She didn't speak. She just rather observed the girl sitting and chanting. She had no idea what she was doing and didn't want to interrupt. She thought about unpacking the box, but didn't want to make any noise. So she just sat on the bed and didn't make a sound. A second girl, who would later introduce herself as Chloe, walked into the room, singing loudly and off-key. She didn't seem to notice the girl chanting, sitting on the floor. Surprised to see Tallulah, she smiled and said, you the new roommate? As she carried a basket of clothes to her bed, she looked at the girl sitting on the floor and noticed Tallulah was also staring at her.
1: Oh, don't worry about this bitch. She bringing positive vibes in the room with her meditation stuff.
0: Tallulah smiled and shifted uncomfortably on the small twin-sized bed. As she looked down at her feet, she felt Chloe's eyes on her.
1: Where are you from? You don't talk. You deaf.
0: Chloe said, pulling clothes out of the basket. Caught off guard by this line of questioning, Tallulah stammered.
1: N- no, I'm not deaf. Well, that's
0: good, said Chloe.
1: I thought I was going to have to sign or some shit.
0: Tallulah noticed a girl on the blue yoga mat stirring. Finally, she opened her eyes. Damn, Chloe. You always
1: say some dumb shit. What if she was deaf? She wouldn't have heard your dumb ass anyway.
0: The girl stood up, shook her head, and smiled at Tallulah.
1: Hi, I'm Zoe. That mess over there is Chloe.
0: Tallulah shyly said, I'm
1: Tallulah, Tallulah Brock.
0: Chloe stood up and said,
1: Tallulah? Your parents give you that name? How you spell it? Damn. Girl, we need to shorten that shit to T. Just plain old T.
0: Tallulah shook her head and replied.
1: I'm good with T. My parents call me Lula.
0: Zoe looked at Chloe, then turned to Tallulah.
1: I was just meditating. Something I picked up a few years ago from my cousin. She's into the universe and connecting.
0: What's your major? Tallulah watched Zoe as she moved around the blue floor mat. Her hair was styled in short twist, her skin a deep chocolate brown. The shortest of the three of them, Zoe was Coke bottle shaped with a small waist. Tallulah answered.
1: Journalism? What do you
0: write? Zoe asked, going into a downward dog pose. Tallulah watched her in amazement. She was so flexible. She answered,
1: "Poems, articles, and short stories,
0: stuff like that. Zoe dropped into a full plank and lowered herself to the floor. Tallulah was intrigued by how easily she flowed into each move.
1: Really? I could never write. No good with words,
0: Zoe said, while slowly moving into cobra pose. Tallulah stammered.
1: Well, I really want to be a writer one day.
0: Zoe released her cobra pose and stood up.
1: I'm a business
0: major, she said, smiling, then sat on the bed next to Chloe. Tallulah looked at the floor and rubbed her hands together. She was nervous. Chloe grabbed a bag of chips sitting on a small desk.
1: I'm a PR major,
0: she said as she ripped the bag open and started eating. Zoe shot her a look of disapproval, similar to that of a mother scolding her child. You know those will kill you, full of fat and grease. Chloe looked at the bag and said,
1: Eh, No, they're potatoes, and potatoes is good for you.
0: She looked at Tallulah.
1: Damn, girl, you all thick and shit. You dating anyone? You know there's a party tonight. We gotta show up and show ass. God damn, the fella's is gonna love that ass.
0: Tallulah twisted her head over her shoulder as if to look at her ass.
1: How could this girl possibly know I have a fat ass?
0: She'd never been called thick before. She wasn't sure if it was a compliment. Chloe then broke it down for her. She told her thick isn't fat. It's curves and softness in all the right places. From that moment on, Tallulah would always describe herself as thick. Chloe was tall and thin. Not an unhealthy thin, but a thick black girl thin, as she described it. She took care of her body, although junk food was her weakness. Her nails were perfectly manicured and painted light pink. Her hair was long, and she dyed it blonde. Her eyes were green, but that was because of the fake contacts. Her makeup, although light, was flawless. Chloe loved makeup and fashion. She said it was her, fa- her calling. Chloe's small closet was full of shoes. She had more shoes than Tallulah had ever seen one person own. She watched Chloe as she put down the bag of chips. She had a certain aura about her. She was full of confidence and spunk. Tallulah liked that. Chloe noticed her looking at her collection of shoes and smiled. As you can
1: see, I love shoes. Now, if you decide you want to borrow
0: a pair, you ask me. She looked at Tallulah's feet and frowned. I don't know, girl. Your feet
1: looking kind of big. Maybe you better stick to those sketchers you got on.
0: Tallulah looked down at her feet. What's wrong with sketchers? Zoe lit an incense and said, My major is business. She sat down.
1: I'm going to have my own restaurant before I'm 30. Cooking is my thing. I'm getting my degree to make my parents happy. I'm the first person in my family to go to college. Chloe chimed in with, But more importantly, this bitch can cook her ass off. If we had a kitchen, girl, we'd all be big as houses. Now me, I'm going to be a publicist for the most important people. I've got people skills.
0: Zoe looked at her and rolled her eyes. Don't worry about this one, she said to Tallulah.
1: She's harmless. I should know. I've been keeping her out of trouble since the eighth
0: grade. Chloe smirked. You love me, she shouted while throwing a pillow at Zoe. She then sat up and donned a serious look. We have a couple of rules
1: in dorm room 10. Number one, I call everybody bitch. It's a term of endearment, so don't get mad. Second rule, we need to stick together. Ain't too many of us round these parts,
0: she said in her best redneck voice. Tallulah laughed softly at this comment.
1: Third rule, no guys. The room is just too small for all that. Follow these rules, we'll have no problems.
0: Chloe sounded like a grade school teacher. Tallulah smiled at her new roommates. They weren't at all what she expected, but she liked both of them. The three of them remained close all through college, as Tallulah smoked her first blunt, lost her virginity, and learned to hold her liquor. Chloe and Zoe made her feel like she belonged. They let her know she was a queen, not an outcast. Zoe told her it didn't matter what she sounded like. It only mattered what she felt like. Tallulah finally felt like she belonged, and she couldn't remember ever feeling like that before. Making friends and getting through school had always been challenging for Tallulah. The academics came easy for her. She was smart. But the social aspect was where she had always had problems. Her mom was always saying things like,
1: You'll make friends. You'll see. Or, Go outside and play with the kids across the street.
0: Growing up in a predominantly white neighborhood had many challenges. Sometimes when playing with kids, someone would comment on the way Tallulah looked or talked. They make fun of her hair or nose. She heard one little girl's mom tell her she didn't want her playing with a little colored girl. She may pick up some of her bad habits. Tallulah had no idea she had bad habits. When she would go to the corner market, Mr. Sabin, the store's owner, would always watch her like a hawk. He would say things like, I know you people like to steal, so I gotta watch you. Tallulah had never stolen anything in her life, but she noticed how he treated her differently, watching her and following her around the store. She tried to be friendly, but Mr. Sabin would say, You may sound
1: like a little white girl,
0: but you're black.
1: If more of your
0: kind move in, the whole neighborhood will go to hell in a handbasket. She had no idea what he meant, but she didn't talk back. She just nodded her head and put her money on the counter. The children in the neighborhood would play with her sometimes, but they always seemed to treat her like a science experiment. Why are your lips so big? One little girl asked once. Talula didn't think she had big lips, but as she compared her lips to the little white girl's lips, she began to understand the difference. The little girl laughed and pointed at her lips. They're so big like a jungle person. Tallulah held back the tears and ran home. Her grandmother was in the kitchen making plies when she rushed in the back door. My word. What is the rush, Lula? Her grandmother said. Why are my lips
1: so big?
0: Tallulah cried. Her grandmother looked at her in dismay, then took her by the hand, sat down at the kitchen table, and held up Tallulah's chin with her finger. Who said you had
1: big lips, baby? The little girl across the street. She said I have big lips, like a jungle
0: person. Tears flowed from her eyes. She didn't want to have big lips.
1: She said I was different,
0: Tallulah said, looking up at her grandmother. Well,
1: baby, you are different. Why do you want to be like everyone else?
0: You're special, her grandmother said, hugging her. Who's that little girl to you, Lula? Is she your friend? Tallulah thought for a moment and shook her head no. Don't let
1: anyone steal your light, Lula. People will try. They'll call you names and tell you you're not good enough. But it isn't true. They see your light and they want some of it. But they can't have it. So they try to dim it or put it out altogether.
0: Do you understand? Tulu smiled and said, I do. She liked talking to her grandmother. She always knew what to say to make her feel better. As she grew older, the taunting of the white children became harsher. They'd tease her about her hair, told her it looked like still wool. They'd tug at her braids and take her barrettes. They'd call her Sambo, Jigaboo, Blackie, Darkie, and of course, Nigger. The first time Tallulah heard the word nigger, she was alone. It was a word they didn't use in her house, and her parents had forbidden her from using it. She was riding her bike down the sidewalk when she noticed a small group of older white girls walking in front of her. Instead of going around them, she slowed down, hopped off her bike, and then slowly walked behind them, hoping they wouldn't notice her. One of the girls caught sight of her and motioned for the small crowd to stop walking. She then grabbed the handlebars of Tallulah's bike, snarled at her, and said,
1: Why are you following us, nigga?
0: The other girls laughed.
1: You probably stole this bike. All niggas steal. Everybody knows that.
0: All the girls laughed. Tallulah thought their faces looked twisted and mean. She felt herself getting frightened, so she pulled back her bike and the girl released the handlebars. Leave me alone, she shouted as she backed up, not taking her eyes off the girls. The girl who grabbed the handlebar snickered at her and said, Cross the street, nigger. This is
1: our sidewalk.
0: The girls howled with laughter and gave one another high fives. Tallulah continued to back up her with her bike until she finally stopped, looked across the street, and then back at the girls. Mm
1: cross the street nigger
0: they all yelled in unison lula's eyes filled with tears and she turned and crossed the street when she got home she told her grandmother what had happened her grandmother said lula
1: there will always be people who hate and judge you for your beautiful color full lips and beautiful hair I know the word is hateful, but remember what I said about your
0: light, your shine. Tallulah shook her head yes, wiping tears from her cheeks. Well, this is one of those
1: times where they tried to steal it. It can be a little painful to hold on to your life, but it only makes you stronger and brighter.
0: She hugged Tallulah.
1: I love you, baby. Those girls don't matter, but if one of them put their hands on you, you kick their ass. Now, don't tell your mom or your dad I said so, okay, baby?
0: Tallulah hugged her grandmother tight. She always knew how to make her feel better. Her parents worked hard to provide for the family. Her father was an accountant. He'd often given her math story problems to solve, telling her math is the universal language. She really didn't like math, but she loved sitting and solving problems with her. By the time she was sixth, she could do ninth grade algebra. Her dad wanted her to follow in his footsteps and become an accountant or controller, but she loved stories and books. Her mother was a librarian. Tallulah always loved going to work with her. She'd get lost in the story she'd read, imagining being someplace else. She could see the world from the library. She didn't have to be there. She could be somewhere else and go on great adventures. Eventually, she started writing her own stories and poems. Words came easy for her. When she was older, her mother took her to the Black History section of the library. The section wasn't very big, but her mother had worked hard to get the library to recognize Black history.
1: Lula, in this section, you can learn about people of color, our people. We didn't start out as slaves. We were teachers, musicians, builders, craftsmen, leaders. We were more than just slaves. We were rulers, kings, and queens.
0: Her mother said with a smile. Tallulah smiled back and looked around the small section of the library. All these books are about people who look like me? Her mother nodded her head. Tallulah would often spend hours in the Black History section. It was there she learned about Madame C. J. Walker, the first black self-made millionaire, or John Mercer Langston, the first black attorney. When she was in the sixth grade, her social studies teacher, Ms. Bill, gave the class an assignment to write an essay on a famous American. Tallulah was excited about the assignment. She'd read so many stories about black Americans, and many and the many things they'd accomplished, she was having trouble figuring out just whom to write about. After school, she ran to the library to tell her mother about the assignment.
1: Mama, we can write about any famous American we want,
0: she said, proudly holding up the paper with the instructions. Her mother smiled and said, Well, you're in the right place.
1: Who are you going to write about?
0: George Washington? Tallulah shook her head no.
1: I'm going to write about Colonel Allen Allen's word.
0: Her mother looked at her and smiled. And who was he? Tallulah sat down next to her mother behind the big reception desk at the library.
1: He was a, a colonel who founded a Black town in California in 1908. The town is the only town that was founded and
0: financed, her mother said.
1: Yeah, financed and ran by Black people. The town did real good for a little while, and then something happened to the water. She frowned a little. But he was a good American, so I want to write about him.
0: Her mother smiled and said, Well? he sounds like a
1: real smart man. He started a whole town. That's something.
0: I can't wait to read your story, baby. Tallulah smiled and took off for the Black History section of the library. When she turned in her report weeks later, she was excited. She was sure everyone would do a paper on George Washington or Abraham Lincoln. She was positive no one would write about Colonel Allensworth. When Miss Bill graded and returned the papers, Tallulah knew she'd get an A. She sat at her desk smiling as she watched Miss Bill walk down the rows of desk handing back the graded papers. Miss Bill was a tall, thin, white lady with gray hair. She didn't really pay much attention to Tallulah like she did the other kids, but Tallulah didn't mind. She listened as Miss Bill said things like, Great job, Tommy. Or, very nice work, Tina. Finally, Ms. Bill stopped at her desk and Tallulah looked up at her to see her frowning. She handed Tallulah the paper.
1: I will need to see you after class, Tallulah. You didn't do, you didn't do the assignment correctly.
0: Tallulah turned over the paper to see a giant F in red ink. She frowned, then looked up at Ms. Bill and said, I did it right.
1: I wrote about a great American.
0: Ms. Bill looked at Tallulah disapprovingly.
1: Well, I didn't think he is. And we'll discuss it after class.
0: Her voice was slightly raised and the other children could hear her. They started to snicker and laugh. Tallulah looked around the room and saw the kids laughing and staring. She didn't want to make a scene, but she had done the assignment. She stared at the F. She wanted to get up and run from the classroom, but she didn't. Her grandmother told her there would be certain situations in life where you want to run and others where you stay and fight. She decided to do the latter. When the bell rang, Tallulah stayed seated at her desk. Ms. Bill then looked up from her notebook and said,
1: Okay, Tallulah, we can talk now.
0: Tallulah grabbed her book bag and paper went to the front of the room and stood next to Mrs. Bill's desk.
1: Now, Tallulah, I'm very disappointed. You're always such a good student, but this paper, well, this Colonel sounds made up. I don't want to fail you, but I don't think he exists. He isn't in any of the books we have in class. The assignment was to do an essay on a famous American. If I've never heard of him, well, then, dear, he isn't famous.
0: Ms. Bill said with a scowl, Tulula pulled the library book out of her book bag. The title was Famous Black Americans. She held up the book and said,
1: Colonel Allensworth is in this book. It's called Famous Black Americans. He's in the book, so he's famous.
0: She held up the book so Miss Beale could read it. Miss Beale was silent for a few moments, then shook her head and said,
1: Now, Tallulah, you didn't follow the assignment.
0: Tallulah put the book down and said,
1: Yes, I did. He is famous. He's in a book called Famous Black Americans. He started a town in California.
0: Miss Beale stood up.
1: Now listen, young lady, I won't have you, I won't have you sassing me. I don't like your tone, young lady. Now I'm calling your parents about this.
0: Tallulah put the book back in her bag. She didn't speak. She just stared at Miss Bill. She really didn't understand why she was so angry. After a few moments, Tallulah slowly turned and left the classroom. Later that evening, while having dinner with her parents and grandmother, she didn't mention the situation with Miss Bill or the paper. She just sat at the table, moving the food around her plate. She didn't feel like eating. She was sad and angry at the same time. She worked hard on her paper. She even wrote it twice and double checked all her spelling. Her mother spoke first. Well, Lula, did you get
1: the grade on your paper about the famous American?
0: Tallulah looked up from her plate. Yes, ma'am. She said, not moving. Her mother waited, then said, Can I see the paper? Tallulah frowned.
1: It's in my book bag. Well, go get it,
0: honey. We want to see it. Her father said. Tallulah sat for a moment. She'd never brought home a bad grade before. She slid from her seat and retrieved the book bag, then slowly took out the graded paper and looked at the red F. She turned and walked back to the table and handed the paper to her mother, who took the paper and frowned. She didn't speak. She just passed the paper to Tallulah's father, who fixed his glasses and read it. After a few moments of silence, he said, Well? This
1: Colonel Allensworth sounds like a real smart man.
0: He is, said Tallulah. Her voice was low. He started
1: a whole town in 1908, a town owned by black people. If you have a town named after you, doesn't that make you
0: famous? She said, trying not to cry. Tallulah's father passed the graded paper back to her mother, who looked at it again, and then very softly said to Tallulah,
1: I got a call from Miss Bill.
0: She said you didn't do the assignment. She said you sassed her. Tallulah's eyes widened. She was always taught to respect her elders. She wanted to call Miss Bill a liar, but she didn't. Instead, she said, Can
1: grown-ups be wrong?
0: Of course they can, baby, her grandmother said. Then Miss bill is wrong, Tallulah said. Let me see the paper, her grandmother said. Tallulah's mother passed the paper to her, and she held it up. Hmm. Looks like you did a real
1: good. Looks like you did real good on, on your spelling, Lula. Did you use the thesaurus like I taught you?
0: Tallulah shook her head yes, then walked over to her. Her grandmother smiled.
1: It's a good story, Lula. This man did things most of us never will. He was smart and courageous like you. Don't ever let anyone dim your light.
0: The next day, Tallulah, her mother, and grandmother went to Ms. Bill's classroom after school. They were all seated, Miss Bill began.
1: As you can see, Tallulah simply didn't do the assignment. Now, I've never had any problems with Tallulah, but this colonel sounds made up. Besides, I can't find him in any of my textbooks.
0: Tallulah's mother spoke softly and slowly.
1: Miss Bill, as I understand it, the assignment was to write about a famous American. Did you mean white American?
0: Miss Bill had a look of shock on her face.
1: Well, no. I had one student write about Christopher Columbus.
0: She said, defending herself. Well? Said Tallulah's mother. Did that student
1: get a passing grade? Of course!
0: Miss Bill said proudly. Well, then, Tallulah's mother continued, her tone soft and steady.
1: How can that student pass? Columbus wasn't American. He was
0: Italian. Tallulah's grandmother stood up and said,
1: I think you owe this young lady an apology and a passing grade. Miss Bill, there are many famous Americans who aren't white. Many of those famous Americans wouldn't be in your textbook, and their contributions to America are considered to
0: be important, but they are. Ms. Bill didn't speak for a few moments, staring at Tallulah's mother and grandmother. Well, I... She started to say, but was interrupted when Tallulah's mother stood up next to her grandmother.
1: I'll be expecting to see Tallulah's
0: grade change. Lula, give Miss Bill back your paper. Tallulah nodded and dug the paper out of her book bag. She then handed it to Miss Bill, who reluctantly took it.
1: Before I can change her grade, I will need to verify this colonel that this colonel was a real man.
0: As she fixed her glasses and shifted in her chair, Tallulah took out the book entitled "Famous Black Americans."
1: You can read my book. Miss Bill, he's in here.
0: She smiled and held out the book for Miss Bill, who looked at Tallulah. She hesitated for a moment and then took the book from her hands. The room was silent for a moment. Then Tallulah's mother said, Lula,
1: please wait outside for me and Grandma.
0: We'll speak with Miss Bill. We want to speak with Miss Bill. Tallulah gathered her book bag and went outside to the hall. When she was gone, Tallulah's mother looked at Miss Bill and said in a harsh and steady tone,
1: Don't you ever fail my child again because of your ignorance. She did your assignment. Your ignorance regarding Black history shouldn't be reflected in Lula's failing grade. As a teacher, you failed her. I know she's the only child of color in your classroom, and that makes her special.
0: Miss Bill didn't speak. She had no words to defend herself. Tallulah's mother continued. Luckily, Lula
1: has access to knowledge far beyond the reach of this classroom. She's a bright girl with a bright future, and I will not let you dim her light. Are you understanding
0: me? Miss Bill nodded her head. Good. Good day, Miss Bill. Let's go, Mama. Tulula's grandmother said, "I marched with Dr. King." That's history. Teach that. They both walked out of the classroom. Tulula's mother walked up to her. "Lula?" She said, "Don't let
1: anyone dim your light."
0: Tulula nodded, then grabbed her mother's hand and skipped out of the school. Tallulah spent most of her time at school alone. When she reached high school, she tried harder to fit in with the white girls in her class, but they would always laugh at her hair, ridicule her curves, and round ass. They told her boys don't like girls with giant asses or large, big lips. So she would wear long shirts or tie a jacket around her waist and try to hide her figure. She'd sit out from gym or skip the class altogether she knew she was different from the other girls they never let her forget it they were always they always came at her with questions and she always hated them how do you wash your
1: hair can i touch it you can dance right you can sing right do black people tan do black guys really have Bigger dicks? What are chitlins? Do you speak Ebonics?
0: It was exhausting.
1: I am not the authority on all things Black,
0: she thought to herself. Her teachers would say, Tallulah, you are so well-spoken. Or, you pronounce your words so well as if she were from a foreign country, or English wasn't her first language. When her English class read Tom Sawyer, she was allowed to leave class. The first time the teacher, Mrs. Moore, said, Nigger Jim, the entire class turned and looked at Tallulah. The words hung in the air like a thick fog. The other kids murmured, snickered, and laughed. She looked up to see the entire class looking at her. Mrs. Moore turned bright red and seemed hesitant to go on with the class reading. After class, Mrs. Moore asked Tallulah to stay. She waited until the room was empty.
1: Now, Tallulah, I didn't want you to feel uncomfortable, so I'll excuse you from reading Tom Sawyer. Please, know, I don't agree with the use of the N-word. I can give you
0: an alternate book to read.
1: You can go to the library during class.
0: Tallulah wanted to ask her if they would keep saying nigger Jim after she left the room, but she already knew the answer. It would be okay for the class to use the word nigger since it wasn't a school-approved book and she wasn't in the room. Okay, she said. She'd already read Tom Sawyer, and the idea of spending time in the library sounded better than sitting in class. Mrs. Moore wrote out a pass and handed it to her. Just check in at
1: the library. You can choose from this
0: list. She handed Tallulah a list of books. The next day during English, she went to the school library. When she walked in, it was empty, with the exception of the library aide, Michael Chang. Michael was the only Asian student in school. She'd seen him around and they had the same creative writing class. She heard he was supposed to be some kind of genius and have a black belt or something like that. She handed Michael her pass. He looked up and grinned.
1: Seriously, Tom Sawyer? Can I help it if Miss Moore has an issue
0: with the word nigger? I've read it anyway. She said, holding out her hand to receive the pass. Michael passed it back and said, Well, it's just you and me during this period. She looked around the room and then walked over to a nearby table and sat down. On the table next to her was a chessboard. The pieces were set up as if someone was playing. She turned toward Michael. Do you play chess? He looked up and shook his head yes. Why? He said. Teach me. She replied. Michael said, Don't you have
1: a book to read? I've read it. I've got six weeks of library time. I'm going to be here every day. Don't you want someone to play chess with?
0: Michael paused for a moment and walked toward the chessboard. Okay, he said, I'll teach you. I'm Michael. She smiled.
1: I know who you are. We have creative writing. I'm Tallulah.
0: I know who you are, he said. Every day during English, Tallulah would go to the library. She would look forward to seeing Michael. Her chess skills were improving. She also learned that he shared her love of books and writing. He was going to college right after graduation. He had dreams of having his own paper. She was impressed. He was so focused and seemed so sure of what he wanted to do with his life. Michael was about her height, with short black hair and dark eyes. He wore John Lennon-style glasses and shiny silver braces. He was a nerd, but she didn't mind. He was probably one of the smartest people she'd ever met. He knew every inch of the library. He told her he spent most of his off periods in the library.
1: I like sports, he said. I'm just not good at them. So now I write about
0: sports. He said, moving his queen into checkmate position. Michael was editor of the school paper. He had a great eye for editing and detail. He eventually talked Tallulah into joining the paper. He convinced her by telling her it would look great on a college application if she was serious about becoming a writer. Over the next six weeks, Michael became her best friend and confidant. He also convinced her to take AP English.
1: It'll look good on your college application,
0: he would say. Michael was always talking about college, and he told Tallulah she needed to get serious about going and apply herself. When she was admitted to AP English, she discovered Michael wouldn't be in the same class.
1: The reason I signed up is because you said we'd be in class together,
0: she protested over a game of chess. Sorry, I don't make the schedule, he said as he studied the chessboard. She impatiently tapped her foot. I got you, checkmate, she said. Michael looked at her and frowned. She'd beat him again. Tallulah walked into her AP English class. She went directly to the seats in the back row and sat down. A syllabus was sitting on every desk in the room. She had always been great at English and was even more pleased when she read the list of books they'd be reading during the year. She quickly scanned the list and realized she'd read almost every book. The classroom filled up quickly and the morning bell rang. The teacher, Mr. Simon, was writing on the board. He turned around and said,
1: Okay, class, settle down. The first book we'll be reading is Canterbury Tales by Chaucer.
0: Is everyone familiar with this book? No one in the class moved. Tallulah slowly raised her hand. Aye, a skull in the back row. Mr. Simon looked pleased.
1: Can you please stand up and tell us about this literary gym?
0: Tallulah looked around and saw everyone staring at her. Damn. She thought to herself. Why the
1: hell did I raise my hand?
0: What the hell was I thinking? She slowly stood up. Her palms were sweating, and she felt flushed. She cleared her throat and said,
1: Well, it's a collection of 24 stories written from 1387 to 1400. I think it has something
0: like 17,000 lines. The kids in the classroom snickered and laughed. Very good, Miss... Mr. Simon trailed off. Brock? Tallulah said. Well,
1: Miss Brock, you are a 100% correct. Very good. Please be
0: seated. Tallulah sat down. She felt as if the entire class was staring at her. One of the girls sitting behind her leaned over and whispered, Quit trying to sound like a white girl. Tulula looked at her and opened her mouth to speak, but decided to stay quiet. After class, Tulula went directly to the library, where she found Michael staring at the chessboard. He was deep in concentration. He didn't even notice her sit down. Do I sound white? She asked. He looked at her. What? He said, briefly looking up, then returning his eyes to the chessboard. She pushed the chessboard out of the way. Do I sound white? Her voice was cracking and raised. Hey, he said. He looked at her and saw tears forming in her eyes. What happened? What are you talking about? Tallulah was shaking and visibly upset.
1: A girl in my AP English class told me that I was trying to sound white. Do I sound
0: white? What does that mean? Tears streamed down her cheeks. She wiped them quickly as they rolled down her face. Sound white? He said, not knowing exactly what to say.
1: I'm so sick of this bullshit. I mean, what the hell do I have to do, Michael? I work hard. I'm basically a straight-A student. and I'm tired of people judging me by what I look like and what I sound like.
0: Her voice cracked. He sat silent for a moment.
1: I know Tallulah, he said quietly. I'm not sure what it means either. It's a stereotype.
0: She was sitting across from him, wiping her tears. He understood how she felt. He knew about racism and stereotypes. He knew how hard it was to fit in, especially when you look different from everyone else and they never let you forget it. Until he met Tallulah, he really thought he was the only one who felt this way. With a look of defeat on her face, she wiped the last of her tears, then looked up at Michael. He'd been such a good friend to her.
1: Well, Michael?
0: She said softly.
1: I don't care if it's a stereotype. It's bullshit. And it's getting old.
0: You know what I mean. He nodded his head. I do. He said. High school
1: isn't real anyway. That's why we need to focus on college.
0: Tallulah shook her head. (sighs) Good old logical Michael. She smiled.
1: I guess I had a little
0: breakdown. She looked at the knocked over chess pieces. Maybe just a little one? Michael said, grinning, showing off his braces. She started picking up the chess pieces. So, college is my window? She said in a questioning tone. Michael nodded his head. Yep. Everything will change in college. Trust me. Tallulah smiled as the memory faded away, then looked around at all the scattered papers. As she sighed and began to gather them up, her email chimed again. She quickly grabbed the laptop and checked it, holding her breath for a moment, and then said, Please let this be good news. Please, please, please. She put her cursor on the message and clicked. She read two sentences.
1: Thank you for your interest in Destination Magazine. We have reviewed
0: your samples
1: and have chosen candidates who are better suited for the position.
0: Tallulah stopped reading and closed the laptop. Thank you for listening to chapter 1 of You Sound White by Kelly Morgan. This book is available in ebook and print on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and other online e- ebook retailers. You may also purchase Kelly's sophomore novel, Wait for It. How far are you willing to go for the perfect body? Would you kill? Wait For It is the story about one woman's frenzied journey to be thin. With the help of her new best friend, she begins a downward spiral to achieve what she believes is the perfect body, stopping at nothing, maybe even murder. Join us next week for Chapter 2 of You Sound White by Kelly Morgan. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you soon next time.